welcome back to another episode of JV to the Pros, Season 2, Episode 32. I'm Jack Vecchio with my partner, the Iron Man of Broadcasting, the man who's never missed the show, Corey Iron Man Ramsey. How are you, my friend? I'm doing good, and I'm not going to miss the show because you have that energy again. Mm-hmm. I've been worried the last couple of shows. The last couple of shows, I know you've been working very hard. You've been... Uh, you know, out there getting up really early. So I know your energy level has been down, but I feel it now. I'm feeling it from you. I'm Jack Vecchio's oh, energy Becky. brought to you by Red Bull. Robin with the Y just gave you my kiss. That's nice. <laughs> I channeled you for him. <laughs> so, uh, Jack, is this uh, a new energy today brought to you by uh, Red Bull or another energy yeah. drink? Brought to you by I'm hanging on by a by a string. I actually have been up since two o'clock this morning, so so it's been a long, long day. But um, so what do you guys? Let's introduce everybody on the show. Corey, right. you have there with you. So our erstwhile people, we have Robin with a Y. In the nest. Producer extraordinaire. <laughs> yes. For being for for having gotten up so early, you have an amazing amount of energy. Yeah, this this is my second win. When it when it goes, I'm gonna be like like those batteries that used to die in your tape recorder. Right. <laughs> I want to make fun of Paco, but I don't have the energy. <laughs> well, that's what Schedule Two Control substances are for now, Jack. Are they not? Okay, let's go. And I'm here with co-producer, the Queen of Queens, the Queen of Queens, New York, Karen. Hello. Whoa, coming she in be on camera too. just yet? She's in a bikini. Well, we came. She came in strong. That was good. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's drinking a martini. Did you say she's what? drinking a martini? She's in a bikini, but that could be both. Oh, okay. she's in a drinking bikini, a martini. drinking martini. That, could, that would make a good song. I'm in my bikini having a martini. I like that. Let's copyright that. Let's all sing it. Let's uh, cut it cop- I think. Do you copyright a trademark song? I have no freaking idea. Let's ask Ron. I think you copyright you copyright songs just like you do scripts. Copy that. Now Paco, Paco, what are you drinking there? Um just some white wine here. Um my mother was celebrating the nomination of a one Kamala Harris for a potential vice presidentship for the uh twenty twenty run this year. Awesome. Yeah, well, hey, if he wins, count on her being president. Very soon. Yeah, right. <laughs> I Robin you and I both want Trump out. Yeah, I do not. I do not. I do not see this guy keeping his brains about him for four years. Yeah, you know, Jack, have you considered? Have you ever considered? What? Have you considered the possibility that he doesn't want to be president anymore? Who, Trump? Why? Yeah, I meant I meant Robin. Robin said something. I don't think Trump. I don't think Trump knew what he was signing up for. I think he thought it was going to be a party. It's I not. think Trump. I think, yeah. And he could have some chicks and stuff like that. The Clinton days are over, yeah. guys. Yeah, I mean, he thought he was going for a ride in a, in a sports car, and instead he's up in the space shuttle. I don't think he had any idea what he was getting into. I know you the know? feeling, believe me. <laughs> right after you say right <laughs> I know the feeling. <laughs> oh, funny. Right after you say I do, you're like, okay, so this is where it gets easy, right? Oh, no. But I'll tell you what. Um, Karen, uh, Robin's going to hate this story. Karen finally moved in today. 
She she finally moved in today. Okay. And is are you yeah. sitting in her bedroom or are you sitting in your bedroom? I'm well. We, we have this is a two bedroom place, but um, I know I'm kidding. Uh, but, but but yeah, Karen Karen went and got her stuff, and um, she's she's been just kind of in a rotation of underwear and blouses and jeans and shorts, and now she went and got her stuff. So she is she moved in today. So it only, took, it only took eight years. So does that mean that your living room is going to get a uh, like a facelift and all that like bachelor stuff is coming off the walls? <laughs> Did you hear what Robin said? Robin, say that again. You, Karen was out of the room. I said, does that mean the living room is going to get a facelift and she's going to get rid of all of this, the bachelor stuff on the walls and make it look like a like a, a home? Listen, hey, I'm, I'm not really leave, not fully moved in. Let's be there. honest here. Wait, what did you the, say? The honesty, the honesty is, is that I'm only moved in of what we could fit in the cars. And we went with two... We went and, yeah, so all that bachelor stuff, when I said something about it today, funny that you should say that, Robin. Because she did. He rolled his eyes and went, what, you don't like it? I said, no, it doesn't belong out here. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know Jack sounded like Stallone. Oh, I didn't know I was going to bring this stuff in. Corey's, Corey's got the right idea. He ended up with a man cave, and, um, and, and we've got two garages. So I think it's one of them will end up to be a man cave. It's a fam cave because the fam, fam hangs down cave. there. It's not the man. Oh, the how man. politically correct. Yes. Man, well, I could call it a diva den also, but, you know, we all do. We all... No, but either way, he's got it right. He's got air hockey. He's got air hockey down there. He's got foosball. He's got, he's got refrigerator. Corey, yeah, literally, he could disappear down there. And be happy. You wouldn't call for help. <laughs> and I have. Whenever the draft comes on yeah. or there's a game I want to watch, I mean, I'm down there. I'm holed up. Yeah, he's, you know, he's like, I'll be down there. <laughs> I'm good to go. Microwave are, you, are, you talk, are you talking about the, uh, the NHL draft where the Rangers got the number one pick? Ah! Uh, yeah, I watch all the I watch all the drafts except baseball. I'm, I have no interest in baseball. Yeah, the baseball, the baseball draft is like watching grass grow. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just forever. Wait, but, hey guys. But, yeah, the Rangers the Rangers won the lottery and got the number one pick. If they do that thing with the uh, ping pong balls, mm-hmm. yeah, the Rangers were like a long shot to get the number one pick, and they got the pick. Nice. That's good. Let's, if only let's winning the Stanley Cup was as easy as that. You know, well, let's, see them, let's see them. Let's see them. Let's see them get good again. But I'm. I tell you, I'm excited about hockey. And I know we're jumping around here. But the Philadelphia Flyers, for the first time in a long time, they're the number one seed. <gasps> so I'm going to take it. Woo! I'm going to take really? it. Really? Yes. They're the number, number one seed. Because it's, they it's play, playoff time. And they play the Canadians uh, first round. Montreal Canadiens. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, you know, I went to school in Toronto, and somebody sent me one of those mazes, you know, where everything's in right angles. And it, it looks like walls, except the exit part is all connected. So it's one wall like you can never get. And it says the Toronto Blue Jays, here they are entering. And the exit is to the playoffs. <laughs> and it's all blocked off. <laughs> so my well, friends were sending me that maze all day. You know what, man? I'm not going to laugh about the Blue Jays because I have PTSD from 1993. <laughs> 
Wait a second. You're still you're still dealing with Wild Thing and Joe Carter in game six? He should have never been in the game. Come on. I agree. He should have never agree. been in that game. I agree. I mean, they called him the Wild Thing for a particular reason. Did you did you hear his interview after the game? I, uh, you know what? I don't even remember because I, yeah. I'm not sure if I broke the television or if I turned it off. I don't, I don't remember. You I was living in Portland. Like, yeah, the the Blue Jays beat the Blue Jays beat the Phillies in a walk off home run in Game Six of the World Series by Joe Carter against Mitch Wilding Williams, and Mitch, after the game, said he believes that that ball would have been out of every park in the country. And the reporter yeah, says, not Yellowstone. Now, how'd you kill your TV? Uh, with the 22 like Elvis, or you just chucked it out the window? I actually don't remember. Makes sense. I was, uh, just so, I was so pissed. And being a Philadelphia fan, you know, starving for, um, for some love you know, and attention. victory at that time. And also, you know, of course, being a Patriots fan, 1993, they weren't very good. That was the year I was born. Wait, 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 wait. Ninety-four, you went to the. Ninety-four, you went to the Super Bowl. If I remember, they weren't good in nineteen ninety-three, and they went to the Super Bowl. They went to the Super Bowl in ninety-six, by the way, and they lost to the Packers. Oh, was it ninety-six? Yeah, it was ninety-six. That was with Bledsoe. Yes, and that was with Bill Parcells leaving. Everybody knew he was leaving right after the Super Bowl. You know, he made that clear. Right. Well, I remember the spread was 14, and they lost by 14. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was 35-21. Kicked it, you know, and what killed them was kicking it right to Desmond uh, Howard. Right. I mean, everybody knew, everyone knew, don't kick it to him, because that's the one thing that he could do. Wasn't much else in in the NFL, but damn, he could return kicks. Desmond Howard was like um, the guy in the Bears, number 23. He used to run almost everything back. Um, he ran, ran it back against the Colts in the Super Bowl, and the Colts had a rally back. He ran back the opening kickoff. Yes. Which was, remember that? It was the only time it's ever happened. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, Desmond Howard was, was that kind of threat. Yeah. Yeah. So. It was quite uh... – Painful. You know what? I want to tell you guys something else, too, that I've been watching. Uh, you know, today's the 11th, but over the weekend, you know, you had the anniversary of the Tate LaBianca murders again. So I was oh, watching. That was all- this week. That was this weekend. And I was watching all of the specials. And I no got to tell you. Manson was on TV I again. Saw, I saw a podcast with Tom O'Neill, who I want to get on the show. Was it Rogan? He was on- he was on Rogan's podcast. He was outstanding, and he had a lot of good, a lot of good information and good tidbits that he didn't have in the book. I, uh, so I, I thought I, that was fascinating. Now, Corey, um, I actually listened in on that podcast myself, and I love the way you were. You're absolutely right. What I love though is how he spills out. Like, is I remember we had conversations about this when, when I start when I finished when you lent chaos to me. To our audience, Chaos is the book that uh, Tom wrote. It's his, uh, well, Corey, maybe you want to explain it to the audience here? Well, it's Tom O'Neill that he wrote a book, and what he said is a longstanding theory. What he talked about was something that was passionate for me because I always thought that there was more to the murders 
than what the press had said. And so he lays down a very compelling story with 20 years worth of facts that he gathered, even talking to uh, the prosecutor, Bugliosi, and everyone else still alive over, over the years. And so he maps out that there was more to the killing, and he even has that there's some links with, La, with the LaBianca murders. He links them also to the Tate murders, not just because it was the same people, because pos there's a possibility that LaBianca knew Jay Sebrink, who was one of the uh, who was one of the victims. So he lays down a lot of compelling arguments, and then he talks about, you know, the MK program that the CIA had. You know, that's a little bit out there, but it is interesting. The MK program is the mind control program that uh, that the CIA that it was proven that they were doing, and Manson was involved in that. Wait, they his level of involvement, his level of involvement is not known, but there there was involvement. It, did it have anything to do with the murders? That can't be proven. Now, Corey, though, but that connection is uh, even Tom on the show said himself that that connection is loose at best because they were never able. Because you're right, the connection to uh, can't be proven. Right, because we don't know what really went down at the at the free health clinic up in San Francisco, up on because uh, that's the con I think that's the connection. Correct. Well, the connection. There's a lot of connections. I don't want to go all into it. But well, there were no, there were no, there were no charges up there in San Francisco, right? No, no, no. Because it was a free, because it was a free health clinic. Well, the thing is, uh, Manson's parole officer was a. Sorry, am I cutting you off here? He's not going to give it. You know what, Corey? He said there were no charges because it was a free health clinic. Just when I thought they just when I thought I was gone, they wrote me back in. I, I don't want to go into the weeds. I don't want to go into the weeds about getting into the book and all that other kind of stuff. Um, loosely connected, not proven. O'Neill makes a very compelling argument for the connections to everything. And then he talks about the, uh, the possibility of Sebring and Tate knowing each other. And he also, in the podcast, he talked about something that was fascinating to me, that he said there was a possibility that the murders could have been committed the night before, if not for other circumstances, and, and in a different location with all of the principals. So I will save that little tidbit. I'm not going to say all that. If we can get Tom on, Tom can talk about that far more eloquently than I could. But I thought it was just fascinating. Well, let's get let's get Tom on. Yeah, let's see if definitely if we can get him on. In the meantime, I highly recommend the updated uh, movie, TV movie of Helter Skelter. And uh, what channel is this on, or what network? You can see it on Amazon Prime. I will be tuning to that later after this podcast. That is um, the person that plays Charles Manson is uh, Jeremy Davis, uh, the actor from uh, Justified, one of the actors. Very, very good. He's got the mannerism of Manson. I mean, down. He may not look like him because I think the guy from the original Helter Skelter, I want to say that's Steve Railsback. 
look more like Manson. But this guy, Jeremy Davis, he's got the mannerism down. The dancing, the wild hands and everything, he's got it down. And the size, too. Yeah, so then, you know, as an actor, you can get past if you don't look exactly or close to the character, as long as you've got the idiosyncrasies down and you've got the cadence of the way he speaks and that and you've hit that tone, yeah, you can you could sell it. That, that's I, that's that's yeah. I want to get your opinion, Jack, if you uh when you watch it, because uh, you study you study acting. So I want to see what I want to see what your take is on that and what you think his performance is. And then uh, if you don't have it, I can lend you the uh, original Helter Skelter, and you can watch that. No, yeah. I want to watch. I want to watch this one. I want to watch this one because I, I'd rather watch something that has gotten more time to gather information and cultivate. So I'd rather watch this recent one. Yeah, I watched. I watched the Helter Skelter you're talking about. The original, the yeah. Uh-huh. And I felt like, and I watched it originally, and then I watched it again. And yeah. I felt like it was more slapped together for kind of gratuitous. Mm-hmm. You know, I, 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 I'd rather watch this one. Yeah, I think you will enjoy it. Now, here's something I'm going to tell you. Um, I didn't even, Robin and I didn't even watch, I didn't even realize it. It's three hours long. Oh, it moves, it moves that fast. Yeah, it's it so compelling. It's so, yeah, so compelling. And then, uh, just to put a bow on this, Robin and I, we we are going to take a trip up to uh, um, Spawn Ranch. Spawn Ranch, you thank you. Spawn Ranch used to be located. <laughs> and we'll save. Paco uh, with the clutch. Yeah, and and uh, and walk. And then something else too that I was watching, Jack. You something else you can probably appreciate. Uh, it's on uh, YouTube for everybody. You can catch the. Uh, the YouTube video of Sharon Tate's funeral. And what I find fascinating about it is it was a who's who of all of the famous actors at that time. I mean, you'll sit there and it's eight minutes of footage and you're just gonna be, you're gonna say, wow, there's Steve McQueen, there's Peter Sellers, Yul Brenner, uh, Bruce Lee. I mean, everybody was there. The who's who, basically. Yeah. Well- See, Sharon Tate, you know, if she doesn't die so tragically, she doesn't become the iconic figure she became. I, you know, I she agree. wasn't having she wasn't having Marilyn Monroe's career. You know, you know, I I agree, Jack, because I when I was watching that and I thought, do all of these actors actually know her? Like, I, I was, like, trying to think of the link, and then I started scrambling and looking around, like, the Yule Brenner link, it was, I, no, you know. It was, it, was the place, it was the place to be, because all the cameras were pointing that way. Everything is a commodity, right? I, I was right. looking for that cynical out, uh, outlook, and I, I tend to agree. I think the whole world was watching, and they wanted to be there to be watched by the world. Right. I think that's what was going on. This was an enormous story at the time. And I think every agent said, change your plans, do whatever you got to do, be there. Everyone will be there. You need to be there. You don't want to be the guy missing. Because it'll look like you don't care about what happened to her. You need to be yeah. there. But you Brenner yeah. had no connection to her. Think about it. And he was no in the connection. connection. 
And it's fascinating because he was interviewed. So, I mean, I, I was looking at that and I, I was like, wow, so what does he have to say about it? You know, <laughs> I mean, I get it. Robert Vaughn lived down the street, so he lived close. I know the connection with Steve McQueen, the connection with Bruce Lee. I can understand that, you know, they were, you know, they were friends. He also got his hair cut by J.C. Brain. You know, we know Yul Brenner wasn't getting his hair cut. We know that much. Yeah, but I mean, think about it, Corey. Polish? You know, um, when, when I when I find somebody who's a good auto mechanic, let's say, I recommend it to the people closest to me. So that's what actors do. I mean, sure. we, we if we if we come across somebody who does a great, you know, whitening on our teeth or yeah. is able to exfoliate our skin, we recommend it within the industry, and that becomes the go-to person. Sure. You've often heard somebody say they're the hairstylist to the stars. They get that way because they've done, like, David Spade's hair and Johnny Depp's hair, and then all of a sudden people are like, oh, I got to go to him. He knows yeah. what he's doing. Yeah, I mean, I can tell you, uh, if I were a news reporter, I mean, that would be gold. I mean, that would, like, jumpstart my career. You know, I mean, all the cameras out there, and if I could get yeah. a chance to interview, it's a ne it's a networking moment for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it was amazing, and I was trying to think, and maybe you can help me out, Jack, or anybody. Do you ever? I can't ever remember seeing that many mega stars outside of an award ceremony gathered like that. That many? I don't think I've ever seen it. Um, well, let's think here. Marilyn Monroe. That was a. That was a. I mean, and that covered people from vaudeville to talkies were all there. Because, oh, they were? Okay, see, oh, I, okay. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, that was, that was monstrous. You okay. know, um, what about when Michael but, Jackson died? See, Mike, let me tell you something. Michael Jackson, you know, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this, and I don't care if the truth of the matter is people within the industry that were close to him understood that he was crossing lines with his relationship with underage kids. And we also understand that Michael Jackson had a problem with the fact that he never had a childhood. So he had, he had a bit of confusion as he became an adult that he never got to be a kid and he began hanging around kids. Now there's no reason if he's not doing anything wrong for him to be paying off anybody making accusations unless he did something wrong. There's no reason for him, to, for him to be parting with thriller money unless, and and the other thing is, and I don't know if Robin with a Y is listening, but I, I know, I know producer Karen feels the same way about this is you don't have a warning alarm on the staircase leading up to your master bedroom, unless you're worried about somebody coming up and catching you doing something wrong while you got the kids up there. There's yeah. no reason for an adult to have a warning alarm going on the staircase to your bedroom, unless you're up to no good. That is a little suspect. I, I, I agree with both. I agree with both of your statements 100%, especially yeah. the first one, because I can tell you with that money, the legal defense, and no way am I admitting to my guilt. You're not getting a cent from me because I didn't touch kids. Now, let me tell you something interesting. And we should probably start doing a segment, you know, you know, some sort of a few known facts about certain things. Like Michael Jackson died in 09. Who died the same day as Michael Jackson? 
I was overseas. I couldn't tell you. Probably a lot of producer Karen, producer Karen just yelled it because she's she's still doing some work on the show inside. She just yelled it. Farrah Fawcett died not only the same day, but almost at the same time. Oh, and wow. it was completely overshadowed. But more people attended her funeral than Michael Jackson's. I can believe it. Because yeah. Michael Jackson, as as it led to his death, Michael Jackson had a, a greater and greater suspicion that he was a pedophile. You would want to distance people were distancing themselves from him. That makes mm -hmm. that makes sense. Now see, I haven't seen the Maryland I'll look for the Maryland Monroe funeral, but yeah. um that was that was my impression. My two impressions was watching from watching that was wow, what an impact that couple had that you know Tate yeah. and Polanski. And then I thought I can't remember or ever reading about or seeing stars of that magnitude gathering together like that outside yeah, outside of an award ceremony it became a happening you know i mean you know um you look at like john wayne he didn't work with marilyn monroe yeah he was at the funeral because because you know everybody nobody wanted to see marilyn monroe die so young you know yeah. and that was a shock and she was beloved at the time that she sure. died sure yeah. sure now, Michael Jackson was not beloved at the time. People were stepping away from him. There's, therein lies the problem. Sharon Tate, that was considered to be an incredible tragedy because she was so beautiful. And here's the sad, brutal truth. Had Sharon Tate been Mama Cass, it would not have gotten nearly the attention. I'll give you an example. Sharon Tate was not as... Talented as Mama Cass. When Mama Agreed. Cass died, when Mama Cass died, there was not that many people at that funeral. There were people in the music business. There were people that that knew her, but it was it was really friends and family, and it wasn't everybody showing up to make sure that they were there. And that's in part, and this is a sad fact, because Sharon Tate was gorgeous, uh -huh. and Mama Cass wasn't. Yeah, uh, agreed. You know, and uh, coincidentally, John Phillips and Michelle Phillips were there at the funeral. They're easy yeah. to spot, too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 Um, it's just, uh, you know, it was just, it was a fascinating watch for me, you know, just to watch that piece of uh, history. And Robin and I, we decided we're, we're going to drive to that place as well, take some pictures of that church. And sort well, of just have it, put it, we'll so put it on the these, website. Some of these places you can get Robin to go to. Some of the scary places from Truth is Alien, not so much, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, we're gathering all of the places for Halloween. When we have our Halloween episode, we'll talk about that. You know, now, all now, of does Halloween places. fall on a Tuesday this year? Actually, it falls on a Friday, I believe. Oh, falls on a Friday. So then that Tuesday, that Tuesday, then we'll, we'll have the show. That Tuesday after... That'll be fine. Yeah. That'll be fine. Yeah, this is going to be a... Okay. What? No, it's just that, you know, given current circumstances, it's going to be a pretty lousy Halloween. Why, why, why do you say that? Well, because, you know, I like to go out to the bars and hop around and drink and, you know, dress up with, as a Ghostbuster, like, you know, like I always do. Okay. Paco? Um, this is going to get cut. Don't worry. I'm marking it down. No, I, I, I might go as COVID. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> hey, how would that actually, that would be a good costume, Jack. Uh, what would it be like? 
So that would be a terrible costume. Why not, Jacory? Come on, have us at the humor. Hey, what are you talking about? People go as a cereal box with a knife in it, and they go as a serial killer. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's true. bad. Too. I think that's bad too. I do. <laughs> I, mean, I think that's funny. All right, let's take a little break, and then um, we're gonna come back. You know, um, I know we're kind of goofing around and stuff, but um, I wanted to ask you when we come back. Um, this, I, I know we've got some topics, but this Ford Hood thing, I want to talk to you about that when we come back. So let's let's get into that a little bit, and we'll have some we'll have some fun. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. All right. All right. We'll be back in about two minutes, folks. Two and two. SoCal Hemco. There's a good reason why CBD oils are all the healing rage. CBD oils relieve pain and soreness in joints, lower back, and soft tissues naturally. SoCal Hemco provides ultimate quality CBD oils for all your pain relief needs. Natural solutions for pain relief are the intelligent, logical solution for a better quality of life. Opioids have been exposed as a life-threatening form of pain management. CBD oils have been proven to ease and relieve pain, stiffness, soreness, and aches all over your body with a completely natural approach that has been proven to work and work well. Go to SoCalHempCo and put it in the promo code JV to the pros and receive 10% off all orders of $25 or more. Remember, use the promo code JV to the pros and get your CBD oils for relief of pain and injuries from arthritis, age, or anything else that may be causing you discomfort. CBD oils at SoCalHempCo is your path to becoming pain-free. And we're back with JV to the Pros, Season 2, Episode 32. I'm Jack Pecchio with my partner, Corey Ironman Ramsey. Now, Corey, we were kind of goofing around before the break, but um, something something been on my mind, and I've been, frankly, a little too busy to check it out for myself, but I know you're keeping an eye on it, and you promised me you'd see this thing through. Now, the the situation with the girl in, in Fort, uh, Fort Hood, Vanessa um, Gillian? Yes, that's who. And and that whole situation seems to be coming to fruition, but I don't know the latest. Um, can, can you bring me and everybody up to speed on Vanessa? Absolutely. Well, the family has had a chance to talk to the president who's offered to pay for, you know, the expenses because they don't want uh, Vanessa to have a military burial because they're so disenchanted with what happened. So we'll see what's gonna go on there. There are more females that have stepped forward uh, and said, you know, yes, there seems to be a culture of sexual harassment at Fort Hood. Now you have that, another soldier was found uh, dead. A PFC, yes. A Brandon, a Brandon Rosecrans was found, was found dead. And, but after a couple of weeks, they now have a suspect uh, in custody. And the suspect's name is Brandon Michael Oliveris. So we're see, we'll see what happens there. But there's been, you know, there's been deaths because there was a young man, uh, Morales, who was found uh, dead last year. 
He was missing for 10 months, and then they discovered his body a couple miles from Fort Hood. So there's been a series of deaths, a series of sexual harassments going on. The military has stopped the transfer because the, the commander of Fort Hood, his name is Major General Scott F. Land. They've decided to put his uh, transfer orders on hold. So it looks like they're going to investigate Fort Hood and see what's going on. Okay, let me let me ask you something. First of all, obviously Vanessa's a female. This other person's a male. And the other two we're, people, we're... yeah, are males. Yes. Okay. But but the case but women is have come forward. Women have come forward since Vanessa and said, Yes, this has happened to me there. So they're getting more okay. and more letters and, you know, they're going to have to investigate what's, you know, what's going on there. I, I mean, look, you even had the shooting, which is not, which is not connected, but there just seems to be something going on there. I don't know what the culture is. I've never been there, so I'm not familiar with the place, but there's, uh, you know, it's like, what the hell is going on at Fort Hood? Well, whoever's, whoever's running things, this looks horrible for them. In so oh, many ways. In so, so many, many ways. ways. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and the and the fact that other people have come forward, you can bet that they're going to be taking lie detector tests and scrutinizing stories to make sure people aren't just jumping on board. Now, the family doesn't want, <clears throat> excuse me, um, a military funeral. Are they specifically angry at the military over this, or do they understand these were these were just rotten people that did this? Now, that's a great question. They're extremely angry at the military because there's been, now this hasn't been confirmed, but there's been some rumors that someone else was also harassing Vanessa, not just the killer. Oh, wow. And, oh, wow. and Vanessa hasn't had a burial yet because her body was dismembered and mutilated. So there uh, is... Terrible as the sounds, they've got to gather everything. Was the, body everything. was the body dismembered before they tried to hide the body, or was the body dismembered by being out there by animals or something? No, they tried to hide the body. So the talk is from the other suspect who was in custody, she stated that she received a call from the killer, and the killer said, Hey, listen, I've killed her. Uh, I need help to dispose of the body. So they went, they tried to burn Vanessa. That didn't work. So then they cut her up. Hey, wait, how, I would love to know how much convincing that took. I mean, it wouldn't have been. I know. I know. It couldn't have been a quick conversation. I mean, Corey, I love you. But if you came to me with that, I'm going to have to have yeah. some real good justification why we need to dispose of a body. <laughs> rightly, rightly so. I, I mean, regardless, I mean, I, it doesn't, I mean, I mean, think about it. So he calls, so this, this soldier calls his girlfriend, who's not even his wife, who's the wife of a, or ex-wife, a strained wife of a former soldier from Fort Hood that wow. they were having an affair. It's like a soap opera. Yeah, a complete soap opera. Days of and, and the fact is that she went ahead and went along with it. So 
Yeah, and so they didn't burn. They, I mean, she didn't burn. Vanessa didn't burn. So they cut the body up and they buried the body in different parts. You know, I mean, it's a terrible story all the way around. But why are all these people being killed there? I mean, I have never heard in all of my years in the military, I have never seen this many people at a base being killed. All the places that I've been stationed, I've never heard of this outside of a war or a training accident, which is very rare, but it does happen, training accidents. I've never heard of this. You know, you know what's going through my mind? I'm wondering if this hasn't escalated over time where people started to feel more and more like anything goes. Like, if you want to eliminate somebody, you know, nobody's really checking. I'm wondering. If, if if maybe there are more bodies, you you know you could be right. That's that's an interesting speculation. Can I uh, posit something here, guys? Of course, sure. Maybe this is indicative of the state of our military in terms of morale, our culture in general. Because we we uh, you know growing up in the post nine eleven era, we used to, we tend to pride our military, especially here in San Diego, because it's so in, you know it's part it's practically our infrastructure. But as a whole, over the years, that has grinded down to the point where people, like, we kind of, we don't, we don't longer take it for granted. It's more of a, uh, it's people take it, uh, they see it differently because you know every generation looks at it, uh, looks at it from another perspective. Because we ride on the nostalgia of what our grandfathers did. I'm, I'm wondering, I'm wondering if Paco actually may be onto something. I'm wondering if because here in San Diego. We are proud of our military, and we're proud of all branches. I'm wondering if that's not the case at Fort Hill Hood. I'm wondering if they're just sitting there treated like a fat house, and when somebody gets out of line, they go all gangsta on them. Well, here's the thing. When it comes to the military, when it comes to the military it's always top-down. So if you have a permissive environment from your commander, from the base commander, and then it goes to the other commanders, to the chiefs and everything, then that can happen. But my experience being on being on military bases is that's an anomaly. Fort Hood, Fort Hood is an anomaly. Corey's right. I mean, I watch I watch the ID channel probably to the tune of about 15 hours a week. And once in a while, each week, there's a story about North Carolina, military, blah, blah, blah. But it's usually a love triangle that's gone wrong. That's usually, and they just sure. got to figure out who killed who. I mean, this this seems this seems to be almost a climate of of what's going on. I mean, you know, not to not to go too far back in the in the past, but I mean, I was in Vegas when the tailhook scandal happened. I was at the Hilton when those guys, and those were superior officers allowing you know, the people under their command to completely abuse women at the hotel, and nobody was demanding that they behave properly. I'm wondering if this is not the situation here at Fort Hood where it's a wink and a handshake, and it's become, it's digressed to the point where people feel like they can get away with anything because nobody's going to do anything. There are no consequences. If there are no consequences, what's to stop them? Exactly. And don't get me wrong, sexual harassment 
does occur in the military and military must get better with it. You know, and there needs to be a zero tolerance policy for some of the nonsense. And I do think, and this is going to be a bit of a controversial take, we need to educate the women in the military that they have a zero tolerance policy. Because I have seen some jokes go on that I don't think is okay in my time. And I've even had women in the military say to me, wow, you are really a nice guy. Like they were shocked. Like I didn't curse in front of them. And I didn't say certain things in front of them. Like they were surprised about that. That I would still, even though we're wearing a uniform, that I would still treat them with respect. Here's, here's the other problem. It is, is you've got a little bit of mob mentality. Yes. You got a little bit of male ego. Yes. You got a little bit of that alpha thing going on with guys. You got guys that are young and all pumped up, testosterone no. coming out their ears. Yeah. And you got women who are concerned because mostly guys are in charge and they're concerned about the advancement of their careers. If they turn around and stir it up, they either might be out or they might be stagnant because sometimes guys will, you know, will get petty and sit there and come up with excuses not to advance a female that's been kind of a pain in the ass. And that's why um, the parents of Vanessa Gillian, they have a really good point when they say the military people that are being harassed, they need to go to someone outside of the military. There needs to be an outside force that can come in and investigate. And, right. protect these, and protect these They should people. not be expected to police themselves because, right. you know, I mean, if we're in a club and somebody says, like, we're on a baseball team and they say, okay, we're going to let you be your own umpire. Yeah, my yeah, guy's going to yeah. be safe a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah. You're yeah. out. Yeah. And I mean, you know what I, mean? I won't go into like, it. I mean, I won't go into it, but I can tell you, I have seen some things that, you know, I've seen some things that are not okay. And I'll just leave it there, uh, both uh, in country and out of country that are just not yeah, okay. And, I, and you know what? And the other thing is when you're out of America and you're in the Middle East where women are treated tremendously poorly, let's face it, and then you've got military with the mentality of macho and basically treating women like second-class citizens, that's a bad recipe because there's nothing around you to point out that you're misbehaving. And when you're in your 25 or 30 year old age, we're, let's face it, guys are really not mature at that age. I mean, we really don't, we really don't mature out until about 32 or 34. <laughs> well, I'm gonna let you in on a little secret. Having been deployed, you know, being 42 years old and being deployed, 40 year old men are still full of testosterone and still have that mentality. They still have, you still have the cowboy mentality, but you know what? You still have to do the right thing. You still have to treat people properly. And good, you know what? Good, 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 good for you. I mean, that, that's, that's, the, that is, that should be the attitude. And I don't think it is. It's not. It should be the attitude. Yeah. I think, I think Robin with a Y should give you another kiss on the cheek. She will. She knows my stance on it. I mean, I've told her you know, stories and certainly off the air, you know, I can share, you know, some stories later. Um, but I, but I've told her many things that I, that I have seen that are just not okay. The other thing too, I will tell you, uh, is this, the mistake that people make, and I'll say this quickly when it comes to the Middle East, 
they, true Muslims, truly respect women. I have, I lived over there for a year and I spent a lot of time with Muslim families and they respect their wives and they respect their daughters. True Muslims, not the people who take it and corrupt it and corrupt their religion. Kind of like how we do here when it comes, how we bend rules, how we bend the Bible and everything to suit our needs. No, I mean, I, point, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Like, you know, it's one thing to be talking the talk, but you got to walk the walk too. And yeah. I was, I was a couple of years ago up in Carlsbad with these guys that were claiming to be Muslims. I figured we're on safe ground. They'll be okay. And we went into a kind of a nightclub situation and they did not hesitate to break out in a fist fight uh, immediately, right? Not a not the Muslim yeah. way. I got it. Yeah, but the moment they saw the not. moment they saw a black guy dancing with a girl, they began beating the guy up, and yeah. the police had to show up. And I'm like, these guys are not true Muslims. Right. They're just crap. That's militant stuff. That's extremist stuff. But yeah. a true Muslim, a true Muslim will welcome you into his home or her home. And you can sit there and they will feed you. They will take care of you. They will talk to you. You can converse about the Quran. You can converse about religions. Uh, you know, they will do all that. The very term Muslim means submission. So that means you submit to your higher power. You submit to your God. So that's what they do. They fully submit. A true Muslim fully submits and they're nonviolent. You know what? That that that's a good spot to end it because yeah. I think I think that finds where we were where we were going with this this whole thing. But you know, Vanessa's family, I think they have every right to be upset with the military. They're on the something, and uh, Jack, you know what? Uh, maybe in a a couple of months, I'll keep following this, and then you know we'll do another segment on it as new stuff comes in. Okay. That would be that would be great. So we'll we'll revisit this as this thing yeah. keeps unfolding because I think this onion is far from peeled. Yeah. Okay, Paco, we're gonna take a moment break and then um, we'll come right back in a minute or so. Okay. Is your small business, company, or corporation under a legal attack from a disgruntled former or current employee? It often happens where an employee decides to go for a money grab, hoping the business will just settle to make it go away. Well, this is wrong, and Paul Sorrentino of the firm Jackson Lewis knows this is wrong, and he consistently puts a stop to this method of extortion of businesses. Paul Sorrentino fights for you and protects you from sending out a message that you're an easy target. Paul Sorrentino is considered to be one of the five best attorneys in all of California. Many believe he might be the greatest labor attorney in the country. He represents individuals who may be getting taken advantage of by unscrupulous employers, as well as representing small businesses that might be wrongfully under fire. Paul Sorrentino of Jackson Lewis is the premier attorney when it comes to labor law. He represents several corporations that depend on his expertise in class action suits in which the corporation is being targeted. There have been times when opposing counsel has walked into court, realized they have to face Paul Sorrentino, and immediately moved to dismiss instead of letting the judge see that they're going to get shredded by Paul Sorrentino. 
Having Paul Sorrentino as your attorney is like having a legal superhero on your side. For any of your legal labor issues, call Paul Sorrentino of Jackson Lewis at 619-573-4900. And rest easy knowing Paul Sorrentino will take the best care of you. Call Jackson Lewis at 619-573-4900 and ask for the legal superhero, Paul Sorrentino. Tell him JV to the pros recommended you make that call. And we're back with JV to the pros. I'm Jack Vecchio with my partner, Corey, the Iron Man, Ramsey. Okay, batteries to power, turbines to speed. What do you got, Corey? All right, it's time for the... Do you know what that's, you know what that's from? Do you know what that's from? Cue the music. Do you know I have another creepy place for you. I have one of the, again, one of the creepiest places on earth. Sanzai Resort. I thought you were going to say Jack's bedroom. Well, that too. Maybe we might do a Truth is Alien segment on that. <laughs> but this place, this place, construction started on this place in 1978. It started out as a seaside resort. Then by 1980, all construction stopped. Several workers had committed suicide without showing any signs of depression, no suicide notes, and then there were a number of fatal car, car crashes from people that worked there. Workers also claimed that they were visited by spirits who told them that they were building on sacred ground. Investigation into that, the speculation is that there are Dutch soldiers that were buried there, so it is a burial ground. So dead soldiers yeah. from World War II or... Uh... Dead soldiers from World War II. Right. Okay. Now, so let me ask you something. Did, Go ahead. did they did they only move the tombstones and they left the bodies? Oh no, that's poltergeist. Well, I was going to say The Shining because this sounds more like you know The Shining. To be honest with you guys, you remember abandoned. poltergeist? Of course, they didn't move the bodies. They only moved the tombstones. Why? Now, now there was a large dragon ornament that was there. Um, that they had uh, that they had uh, at the entrance of the place, and it was supposed to bring you know fortune and good luck. So it got torn down, e. and the workers said, the workers said that that's the reason why that all the bad stuff started happening. Now a financier came in in 1989 and said, "Hey, listen, let's make this work." So he dumped 32 million into the project. Guess what? Still didn't work out. Well, you know, I'm, I just pulled up the pictures on this thing. Yeah. Uh, first of all, it's very Jetsons looking. Yes. With the yes. Very futuristic. And this very is 1970s. Well, 1978. Actually, if you 78, read, uh, I can explain for that. Actually, you, uh, Corey knows this. The hotel was originally developed uh, as a uh, vacation spot for uh, stationed American officers there. Because at the time, the United States had very good relations with Taiwan. And, of course, because China, with China being only so far from the coast, and then we were very – it was just a waypoint. And they figured, like, hey, we can milk these guys for some money. Yeah. Yeah, but I think, I think exactly this is right. interesting because these, these 
these things look like where George Jetson lived. Very circular, very standout. Everybody seems like they got a view of the water. You know, I mean, I would I would kill myself to live there. Well, I mean, I think a lot of people did. I think a lot, a lot of people did. So here's the thing. In 89, um, you know, they had uh, started construction again, but then you had more problems. So then the entire thing was just scrapped. And the workers, they refused to do it. Now, the official statement is the materials used were poor because it was fiberglass and, you know, the concrete wasn't reinforced. But I really think it was the superstition going on, the superstition of the workers. And they couldn't get anybody out there to, to complete the project. No one took the contract, which I find fascinating. So then- well, if, you got a bunch of, if you got a bunch of employees committing suicide from the last crew with no explanation, justification of it, and yeah. you, got, you got this going on, you and got to about, about yeah, car crashes, and you got to wonder about the bad juju. You know, I mean, the, the whole world, the whole world is dancing to the movie Grease, and these guys are killing themselves. Sure. I mean. <laughs> You're exactly right. And, and here's the thing: so 2010, they knocked down most of it, right? So there's a lot of it. There's a, a few pods that are still up, but most of it has been knocked down. Again, you have all of this land, no one's building on it. They're not touching it. Nobody wants to assume it. They, the government can't. They can't just flatten this and start over. I mean, they could. I mean, we're really good in America about doing that. I mean, you know, we were talking about Sharon Tate earlier. I mean, they tore up every piece of glass, uh, every piece, blade of grass and dirt. They took everything out and transported all new dirt, grass, trees, and everything there. So America, we do that. But I think in other countries, uh, they seem to be a bit more superstitious. So no one I'll wants tell you, to- I'll tell you what, I mean, you remember, you remember um, what was it, the Heaven's, Heaven's Gate cult? Yeah. Up in Rancho Santa Fe? Okay. Yeah. At, at that time, I, I was dating somebody who could easily purchase that house. But 40 people had just killed themselves with the Kool-Aid there. And I said, oh, why don't you buy buy the house? It'll be a bargain. And she was like, I don't want to buy a house where 40 people just killed themselves. I was like, if you get a good enough deal, yeah, you should leave them in the pool. I mean, and she was like, I'm not buying that house. I'm not. I don't want anything to do with that situation. Well, you know, the, uh, the house, the former house of Leo and uh, Lena LaBianca, I want to, and Robin can correct me on this, I think it was selling for only 1.9 million, 1.7 uh, million. And wow, that's like a heck of a bargain. It's a, it's quite a bargain with a, a spectacular view, swimming pool, and everything. And I was watching uh, the video with the realtor, and the realtor said, "Hey, listen, you know, I'm going to be honest about this, you know, uh, but you know, it was 50 years ago." So, you know, we're hoping to get this. I've marked it down. I, I, he's going to have to keep marking it down because I don't see anybody wanting to get in there. You know, every time something like that happens, you got to sit there and scratch your head. I, I know that um, Karen and I, 
you know, when Tony Gwynn died, you know, his mansion up at the estates? Yes. His mansion was up for sale. It's a seven-bedroom, seven-bath on, like, two acres. Just a massive place. And it was for sale for, like, 1.3. And I couldn't figure out why. Why? And finally, I got a realtor to tell me what was going on. Took Apparently, the words out of my mouth, man. Professional squatters had gotten in there and gotten the power turned on in their name, which afforded them 18 months of being able to wreck the place. So whoever bought it had to rebuild from the ground up. And that's the reason you were just buying the land. So yeah. when you get a deal like, like that with the LaBiancas, you got to sit there and say, okay, why in California would that be so low? Well, you know what? Here's the thing. Robin with Hawaii just came in and told me that originally the house sold for 300000 Wow. Can you believe that? 300000 In L.A. That's actually, that's a bargain. Well, no, back then, that was a lot. Right. No, but in today's money, I mean, that's uh, actually, let's do the numbers. Now, when did the LaBiancas live there? They, well, they, uh, they perished in... Uh, 69. Uh, August, August 10th, 1969. Okay, so, Paco, Paco, let me put things in perspective. When I moved to California in 1980, I could buy a duplex for $100,000. Sure. That's two sides of two units on property with a backyard for $100,000. Now, if they spent $300,000 in 1969, that means that house was probably a four or five million dollar house in today's money. Actually, according so, to Inflation Calculator, it, the number is actually two million one hundred and seven thousand dollars three hundred and thirty-two and forty-three cents. So here's the thing to put it in perspective about really? the, uh, the property of the former uh, the, the former house of La Bianca. Next to them, Katy Perry is buying property, just next to the house. So. You figure 1.3 is an incredible bargain. It's very cheap. Yeah, but, but wait a second. I mean, you know, Katy Perry is spending a lot of money on property right next door. I mean, she's really counting on this music thing working out. I know. You want to talk about a gambler? <laughs> yeah. What is she going to do? Move, she's going to move Orlando Bloom in or what? <laughs> Now, now to put it in perspective for the house, and this might, you know, put a little bit on the other side, uh, the square footage is only 1,600, and it's only a two-bedroom house, and it's one and a half uh, baths, but it is a spectacular. The view, two views. you know, it has two views, which is unique. So you're, I mean, it's yeah, a one, and a, one and a half baths? Yes. How does that work? Well, one doesn't have a tub. That's, that's yeah. That's, one doesn't. I yeah, see. one doesn't. Oh, I see. Yeah, Paco, you can only go in there and do number one. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, we are gonna. That's the <laughs> So that was at the. So I mean, so I think the bottom line is here, uh, people, that we're not we're not as superstitious because Paco off the air had asked that, hey, what's up with. Uh, you know, all these other places, uh, you know, not building. And I just think it comes down to that, you know, Europe, European countries, Asian countries, 
uh, they seem to be more superstitious than us. That would be my guess without really researching. But anyway, is it spirits? I don't know if it's I don't know if it's superstition, or if you sit there and you look at cold hard facts of the fact that people who don't suffer from depression don't have any indication that they're going to commit suicide, and they still work in, on this piece of land and they commit suicide, have a car crash. I mean, this is yeah. this is far beyond coincidence. Yeah. I mean, I, I personally, you know, wouldn't do it. I mean, look, you have the guy um, from Nine Inch Nails. Um, you know, he moved into the house shortly after, well, not shortly, but uh, after, you know, Sharon Tate was murdered. He got out of there and said it was bad. He said it was bad juju. That was his quote. Yeah, now, he didn't have any bad luck. Was this Kurt Cobain? Uh, no, no, no. Nine inch nails. So this was. Uh, um, I'm sorry if I'm not pronouncing his name right. Uh, Trevor Rezik. Rezik. I'm probably pronouncing the name wrong, but from Nine Inch Nails. I'm sorry, Nine Inch Nails. Uh, but he lived there, and he kept the door that was written in blood. Uh, you know that uh, that said pig. He kept the door. I personally wouldn't have done that either. Now, that's something that I think, honestly, as sick and as twisted as it is, I think that's something that should be preserved. Yes. Yeah, in a museum. I, I, like, I wouldn't want it in my house, really. I mean, maybe not the Smithsonian, but like in some sick, twisted museum. You know, I think that would be... I mean, look at it. Look at, look at um, Manson almost got married right before he died. And he stopped marriage because he found out that this 27-year-old girl wanted to marry him so she can get the rights to his corpse when he dies. She literally was going to parade him around like the circus. So I'm going to say it right here, right now, Jack. I think you've come up with a great idea. And I think you should brand it. You should run out, run out right now, copyright it. And that is something called the Sick and Twisted Museum. I think that would be huge in America. Well, there used to be, and Paco might remember this, there used to be the, um, I think it was, the, Paco's going to look it up, I think it was the Mike and Spike Sick and Twisted Festival of Animation. Yeah, uh, it was at Comic-Con every year. Uh, Mike Judge ran yeah. it. Yeah, and, and I'll tell you what, you want to talk about cartoons, it was all animated, but there were some classics and some of this stuff will haunt you. <laughs> and they were just cartoons. <laughs> but I think you have something there. You can have people go around the country, sort of like the Knights Templar, and collect up all the sick and twisted things. I mean, hell, all the stuff you could collect here, um, you know, in California, all the sick, you know, all the horrible things that have happened here. I mean, collecting blades of grass and things like that, chip off... Uh, pieces of the telephone uh, pole that Tex uh, Watson uh, cut the lines to, to the Tate House. I mean, there's I mean, all sorts of things that you could collect. I mean, think about it. I just heard this morning that Robin Quivers on the Howard Stern Show actually bid on and bought Vincent Price's ashes. See? Yeah. I mean, there's... A there's there's a market for this. There's a market. I think you have a great yeah. idea. You're on the side. I, 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 I got Corey. one for you guys. So, you know, Zach Baggins on the Travel Channel, the guy who does Ghost Adventures? Uh-huh. 
So he has a haunted museum in Las Vegas, and he actually has parts of uh, the boat where Natalie Wood died or drowned. See? Yeah. 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 See, I mean, look at Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson bought the bones of the elephant man. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's a market for this kind of crazy, wacky crap. And he did a music <laughs> video about it. Leave me alone. <laughs> All right, that was my sick and, twisted, sick and twisted museum. I I think I think Jack Vecchio is on to something. Maybe he can dig up Hoffa or summon him. Hey, uh, can you do that, Jack? Yeah, I, you know what? I'm so glad they finally solved that crime. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so to put a bow on it, that's probably a good place to leave the truth. The truth yeah. is alien. Did they solve the Hoffa uh, uh, crime? <laughs> but, but anyway, you know the uh, the resort. We're going to put it in the hopper for the worst places to go. The worst places that you would want to spend a Halloween night. We'll put this one in the hopper too. And we'll talk about it on Halloween. But is the, place, is the place haunted? That is something you have to decide for yourself. And that is the truth is alien. So I was checking into barnone1.com and seeing all that they offer. Bar none the number one.com. They have certified and qualified professional bartenders and servers that make party guests feel like they're living the high life. Bar none can be contacted at 619-952-9414. And that will be the first step to getting your event on track. Bar None will help you prepare the kind of event that is greater than you imagined. They've done this for years and they know what they're doing. So they can answer your questions and guide you to a successful and memorable event. Call Bar None at 619 619- 952-9414 and let them handle these details so that your guests have a great time with a professional server who knows how to take care of their guests. Now, they know how to make your guests feel like they're going to have a great time in part because the work that Bar None does for an event is unparalleled. Call Bar None at 619-952-9414 and get the process started for your next event with Bar None. Tell them JV that the pros sent you. She's inside. She's inside doing Photoshop to put us in, in cardboard cutouts in the in the stadium. All right. So somebody is, uh, is she, she, she right now. She is throwing your keys out the window like in Goodfellas, right. and she's telling you to stay home. Okay, let's go. Cause... All right. So let's get started, please. Sorry, Corey. All right. In my mark. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Corey. I love I love when he says, "Here's something that's really intelligent." Corey will know what I mean. <laughs> like, like he completely, he completely like. I'm not even gonna entertain the jack. I'll know what the. F- this is. Well, you know, Jack, you got the IQ of a meatball. Okay, so like, uh, all right, five, four, three. Robert just came out and left. You gonna take that? You gonna take that? That was You gonna take that? From him? You gonna take that from him? No, I'm talking to Jack. You gonna take that from him? Did you uh, the did IQ of a meatball? The IQ of a meatball. That's hilarious. As, a, as an Italian. What is this world coming to? That he can say that. Italian, what is this world coming to? Hey, as an Italian, 
on a, on a nice Sunday with pasta cooking and the sauce brewing all day, the IQ of a meatball is a desirable thing. <laughs> I think we're back on, guys. We're sitting here chatting away. I'll tell you what, that's fine. We'll go right into the show from here. This is all staying yeah. in the heck with it. Yeah, all right. keep it <laughs> That's fine. Okay, Meatball Jack is back. JV to the pros. And my partner, Corey, the Iron Man. No Meatball Man, Ramsey. <laughs> Now, right. now let me let me ask you something. Um, we've all been we've been watching uh, some baseball here and there, and yeah. um, and I know that you know without the fans, they've been piping in the cheering of the crowd, and you know even last place teams have exciting crowds. Everybody's yeah. screaming and yelling every time something happens. I mean, even the Padres have like it sounds like a full house, but um, but they got these cardboard cutouts. Like behind home plate and in the outfield, and and for some reason, I was wondering what what the deal is. Like, are they just grabbing like random people's pictures, or are people sending them in on Instagram, or how is this how is this working? So that you know, you got all these all, you got all these cardboard faces. So we decided to do some do some searching. You're gonna love this. I got two like, words. Central casting. Yeah, that's what they do. They, they hire extras. No, they. That's not. That's actually not how it goes. You, if you are a season ticket holder, you can pay per game to have your picture put on a piece of cardboard and put behind home plate. And you pick the seat. If it's not already taken, they'll put your cardboard face in there, but you'll have to pay each game. Now, some of the teams are donating the money to charity. Some of the teams are using it to absorb some of the losses. Um, let me give you an example. Corey, what do you think, if you're a season ticket holder with, say, Atlanta, what okay. do you think it would cost for your picture to put on a piece of cardboard per game? Well, now, uh, behind home plate? Behind, as long as the seat isn't already taken, yes. Okay, so for the Atlanta Braves, which is a hot ticket, I'm going to say $850. Per game? Per game. There's eighty. There's 81 games at home each year. Oh, okay, so it's, each, so it's not a one-time thing. Okay. No, it's not a one fee. I thought it might be. I thought okay. it'd be like a thousand bucks for the season. Okay. No, it's per game. So per because, game, because if you only pay, if you only pay for twenty five games, they'll put it there for twenty five, and then they'll take your cardboard. <laughs> yeah. All right. So here's what I'll say: since it's per game, I'm going to say between forty five and sixty five. You are right on the money. You are literally right on the money. If you are a season ticket holder with Atlanta, you could for twenty five bucks a game as a season ticket holder, okay. have your face on a cardboard cutout behind home plate. And if you're not a season ticket holder, it's 50 bucks a game per game to have your picture back there. So when they're showing the shot behind the picture, you're basically at the game. Now, the San Francisco Giants, 99 bucks a game for the Giants. I can believe that. 99 bucks a game. I, I now, can, yeah. What about the pods? Yeah. Now we're going to. We're gonna we're going to go into the number two market. 
the mm-hmm. Los Angeles Dodgers. Yes. Tell me what you think the number is. Uh, I mean. Now, now with the Dodgers, it's not just behind home plate. It's pavilion level. It's Loge. It's outfield. They're putting them. The Dodgers actually have an incredible following of fans that want their oh, yeah. picture. And the, their pictures are down the foul lines. They've got cardboard cutouts all over the place. I mean, you're in you're in three bills. You're in three bills. Per game. That's my thing. Three bills. Okay. You're gonna look at this. At Dodger Stadium, it's $299 for a pavilion home run seat in the outfield. Cardboard cutout. Uh, yeah. Now, here's the great thing. If the ball gets hit and hits your cardboard cutout, you get the ball. It's signed by the team. <laughs> That's great. And you get a certificate of authenticity. Oh, I like <laughs> so if they hit you, if they hit you in the face with the yes. ball. I can't I like stop that. laughing. That's good. That, that's that's a, you know that's a good promotion. I, I you know I like it. Now, that's the number two market in the country. Mm-hmm. Let's go to New York. Here's sure. the funny thing. Here's the funny thing. You would think, what's the number one team in all of baseball? Yankees. New York Yankees, without a doubt. Okay, guess who is not doing this at all new york yankees the yankees the yankees are not interested in this thing at all now the mets are charging 86 dollars i'll explain why in a minute (laughs) 86 dollars and the proceeds are being donated to the mets foundation and season ticket holders where your seats are They'll put your cardboard cutout there for free. Nice. Right. They'll do that for free with the Mets. And the reason they're charging $86 is because the Mets won in a series. Yeah. So, and if you are a season ticket holder, they will renew that for free next year. Very so nice. the Mets seems to have figured this because it should go to Dota. Yeah, you it's producer Karen. Because yeah, I, I was um, with the Mets, it's it's free, the free cutouts for the free for the season ticket holders who renew their package for 2021. It's the reverse of what Jack just said. So if you if you buy your tickets now for 2021 as a season ticket holder, okay. they're gonna put your face in a chair in your seat. That's a good deal. That's a good yeah. deal. That is I like that. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. if I love the team, I mean, I'm buying the season tickets anyway because I think that uh, the coronavirus is not going to be so prevalent in 2021. So yeah, I can see that for yeah. sure. Now you're gonna love this. Everybody in marketing has figured out how to at least do something with this if they're going to do anything with it, right? Yeah. Okay. Who has not figured out the formula? Okay. 
the team that I would guess that hasn't figured out the formula, I'm going to say the Oakland, same the Oakland A's. The same, hang on, the same team that hasn't been able to figure out how to throw a no-no. Oh, okay. That puts a different spin on it. <laughs> okay. They haven't figured out how to get a no-hitter in all the history of that team, and they haven't figured out what to do with this, the San right. Diego Padres. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the Padres yeah. are placing cutouts of family members and other people who were important to the Padres players in seats behind home plate for the team's opening series. And then they plan to have different cutouts, each home stand or series, based on various themes. For instance, they had military um, weekend last weekend, and they literally took – any photos from anybody in the military who would email them or Instagram them or, or put it on Twitter. And they literally put those pictures on cardboard cutouts all over the stadium to make it look like they got a crowd. And then they pipe in the cheering music, the cheering sure. sound of a crowd. Okay. Now cardboard cutouts. You're, you're a fan of what baseball team, Corey? Philadelphia Phillies. What do you think your Phillies are charging your fans. Now, wait, 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 wait. I'm trying to think of when you won the World Series last. Let me think here. 2008. It wasn't, it wasn't this century. 2008. It wasn't. 2008. Okay. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Now, what do you think the Phillies are charging for these cardboard cutouts? $208. See, that would have made sense, right? Yeah. They are charging, and you talk about benevolence, $25 for season ticket holders and $40 for the general public if they just would like their their picture at the stadium for a game. Good for them. Yeah. Good for them. Now, that's, that's true generosity. Yeah. Cincinnati Reds, it's been since 1990, right? Uh-huh. 75 bucks a game. <laughs> there's no, this is like that, 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 that cameo thing where celebrities just make up what they want to charge to say happy birthday to somebody. Yeah. Like everybody just, they're just throwing numbers out there. There's no rhyme and reason to this. It's not like, like if you're the Red Sox, you could say, okay, you know what? We won three World Series this century. We're going to charge 300 bucks a game. There's no, there's no pattern to this. It's not like you can sit there and say, all right, the Cubs. What do you think the Cubs are charged? I don't know. I mean, it's like, it's like insanity. Now, you talked about the athletics, right? Yes. Now, the athletics haven't won since 89 or 91 or something, right? Yeah, it's been a long time. Okay. $49 for access members, $89 for people general admission. Fascinating. Now, who's have, have you ever been? Ha, have you ever attended uh, an Oakland Athletics game? Yes. Yes. There, there's no one there. Yeah, I was able to sit anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I actually sat in a large area because I wanted to catch a ball. Like, yeah. If the ball came anywhere near me, I was going to get it. <laughs> it's it's just it's fascinating that nobody attends those games. Now that now that you have the idea of the charges. The team that cheated their way to a World Series championship recently is charging a yeah. hundred bucks a game per seat. 
Like they're not done cheating. <laughs> because there's no, because you know why? Because again, I don't want to go too deep into it with them, but there's real no, there's no real consequence for what they did. I mean, let's face it. No, they just, they just, they just got away with it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. I mean, but I mean, when I, when I say there's no rhyme and reason to this, it's it it's mind boggling that the Cleveland Indians are charging a hundred bucks. Yes. Right? I mean, the Cleveland Indians, they haven't won since the 40s, I think. I think so. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rangers are charging 50. The the, the Tampa Bay uh, Rays, 40. Red Sox, I like this one. 500 bucks, and it's it's for a part of the season. So it's like it's like for 30 games. Yeah. And that goes to the Red Sox Foundation for Charity. Mm-hmm. They're keeping none of it. So I, I like that. But listen to this. And and you can you can be on top of the green monster at the at, at Fenway. Uh-huh. And if if the ball hits the cutout, the fan receives an autographed home run ball, two green monster tickets for 2021 home game, and a custom Red Sox jersey, along with a video, the ball hitting you in the face. <laughs> That's right. That's a good deal. Uh, that's a very that's a very good so thing. baseball is doing all they can to kind of play along but i i i thought this was massively entertaining that, sure. that they found a way to, to clog this traffic jam with cardboard cutouts i mean but i'll tell you what if you watch a game now with your eyes closed and you just listen to the announcer it sounds like a packed house sure it does, I mean, yeah. sure it does. although yeah. i gotta say the Yankees, being the Yankees, if they get a single, you would think they just won the World Series by the sound being piped through. The other team, if they get like a triple, you hear like... <laughs> yeah, it's like the Oakland A's. It's like the Oakland A's. I mean, you know, I mean, you can hear everything in that stadium. You know... I mean, you can hear the umpire. I think, can I think, the umpire I think, um, is talking. <laughs> we, we, save, we save our 80s songs for next week because we kind of ran a little long this week with cardboard cutouts. We should put Bon Jovi behind home plate. Anyway, um, so what do you say? We come back with our 80s stuff next week and, um, and we get after it. And we don't forget to do it next week because we have yeah, never we'll forgotten. Have yeah, we've been promising it for a long time. Yeah, so we got to do it next week. Yeah, so, for sure. I'm Jack Vecchio, here with the Queen of Queens, co-producer, Miss Karen, and my partner, Corey, the Iron Man, Ramsey. And we're going to be signing off soon. Where is Robin with a Y? Karen, why don't you say goodbye? Hey, Meatball say Jack, goodbye. you forgot about me, man. <laughs> what, 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 we, haven't, we haven't gotten to you yet, Paco. Okay. okay, we haven't gotten to you yet. We're on our way. <laughs> like you know what? The audience oh, can't tell God. that we're we're zooming this. The audience can't tell. We're literally looking. Let me just let me just tell the let me just tell the audience. We start saying goodbye, and everybody's like, "All right, bye bye." And I see Paco. He's looking around like, "How could they forget me?" <laughs> 
He's the last man standing for God's He's the last man standing. Yeah. He's the, the last one, guy left. I'm the one standing at the bar at 2 a.m. with the tab. And the next morning, I come to your house with a baseball bat and tell you, where's my money? <laughs> yeah, he's the guy everybody goes to the bathroom and they're gone. <laughs> he's stuck with the bill. <laughs> anyway, okay, so... In order, in order to be in contact with us, you go to JB. Oh, by the way, before we sign off, um, I spoke with um, Rob Van Dam from last week's show, the professional WWE wrestler, and um, they're giving, I think it's a 20% um, discount on anybody that puts JV to the pros, all one word, in the promo spot, just JV to the pros, and you'll be able to get the CBD oil. It's RVD CBD, and the stuff is fantastic. Yes, My uncle did. just got some in New York, and his back was killing him. Not anymore. So yeah. you go to rvdcbd.com, put JV to the pros in the promo spot, and you'll get uh, 20% off your order. Um, so if you want to reach out to us on Facebook, you go to JV to Pros on Facebook. We also are on Stitcher, on iTunes. We're on Spotify, JV to the Pros at Instagram. Or you can email us at JV to the Pros at gmail.com. I'm Jack Vecchio with my partner, Corey the Iron Man Ramsey. And I don't know if Paco's still here or not, but we'll just say goodbye for him. <laughs> He's the last man standing. We got Robin with the Y, who's back there in the nest working on some things. And Karen, the, the Queen of Queens, is up there working on next week's show already. Nice. And to the meatball in the room, please roll away. <laughs> All right. We thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Guys, I'll see you next week. Get him out of here. Get out. Get him out of here. <laughs>